Welcome to this special episode of Restoring Your Voice with me, your host, Pastor David. Today is, let me see, there it is, not ashamed of Jesus, all right? So, make sure you click this like button, all right? We're going to get into it today. You're going to hear my testimony. You're going to hear why I'm not ashamed of Jesus, why you shouldn't be ashamed of Jesus, and what that actually means. So, stay tuned. I'm going to help you use your God-given voice. I'm going to equip you for the good works of Jesus, hitting up hot biblical topics, problem areas in the body of Christ, in the charismatic, in other areas of the body of Christ, in an attempt to help bring clarification purity, consecration, and love and patience as the Bible commands. I'm going to have special guests on that are going to equip you and edify you through their stories that give God the glory where you'll get different viewpoints in different areas because we're all one body and we all have a piece of the puzzle to share with one another. So I look forward to you watching, listening, and interacting That's right. Today is National Not Ashamed of Jesus Day. All right. So wherever you're watching this from, make sure you click that share button right now. Rickety tick. All right. Hey, post about why you're not ashamed of Jesus. Use the hashtag uh, Jesus414 in this not so subliminal text. Uh, so today, yeah, that's right. So what is this all about? Like, well, it was Dr. Michael Brown, right? A man I had the honor and pleasure of interviewing. Uh, talking to and great man of God. And so he um, he went off of Esther 414. That is why uh, it is on 414. It says, let me read that to you first. Uh, for it says, for if you remain silent at this time, protection and deliverance for the Jews will be ordained from some other place. But you and your father's house shall be destroyed. And who knows if you may have attained royal position for such a time as this. So he put this together. God bless him on this. I'm all on board. I'm not being ashamed of Jesus. Um, but let's start off with why am I not ashamed of Jesus? Well, why am I not a closet Christian or seeker Christian, if you will? Is it because I'm so awesome? Maybe it's because of my you know, awesome beard here. Or who knows, right? No. Because I know the power of Jesus to, to save, right? Up here in the corner, right? For it is a, the gospel of Christ, right? For it is the power of God for salvation. And I know the work he did in my life. I know the fruits of Jesus when he, when somebody says yes to him, I know the power of this gospel message, amen? You see, in my own life, and you may have heard my testimony before, but here we go. I was not raised in a Christian home. I was raised in the furthest thing from a Christian home that you could possibly think of, all right? Um, I was raised in a home where we practiced the occult and thought it was normal and okay. My dad was a medium. My dad, uh, we would hold seances where demonic spirits, were, we thought they were spirits from God, would speak to him, things like that. So, yeah, it was um, not, not, a, not a nice environment. Not to mention my dad was an extremely violent man. Um, so, 
Um, eventually, my uh, parents divorced. Um, I was sent eventually uh, going through different. I was put into the system uh, for troubled kids. Uh, I was eventually uh, sent to a group home for troubled boys. Um, and so it was there that I was very, uh, for, for the first time, uh, presented with uh, Jesus in the gospel. I never heard it before. I mean, it was it was it was a completely foreign concept to me. So by, I still remember the guy's name today. Jeff Boschke, right? I'm 45 years old. That's when I was 14. So you do the math. Still remember his name today, right? And so he presented to me the gospel truth. I, I wouldn't say it took. I, I said a prayer after him, but uh, I most certainly didn't live it out. Okay, I there was no change in my life. Um, I would even go so far as to say I went worse at sinning. Um, and I'm not going to tell you everything I did, but point being is that I just I didn't live it. There, there was no fruits in my life. And then uh, fast forward to when I'm 18 and I joined the Army, and then fast forward from there, to uh, to uh, uh, Iraq in 2003, my first time deploying there. Um, come back, got PTSD. I don't want to admit it. Now we do two more deployments on top of that, plus getting wounded in combat in Iraq in August of 2008 by a roadside bomb, IED blast. I come back now, really all jacked up. I mean, like I can't sleep without medication now. Um, I go to get help. Um, Finally, because I started having flashbacks, that means I was reliving what happened in Iraq uh, while I was awake. So I felt like it was happening to me at the same time. Um, and I was just, I, I was a very angry person. And I tried all sorts of things. Um, uh, became a terror to my family to live with. I crawled inside of a bottle. I wanted to commit suicide. Kid you not? Yes, I, I yes, I truly wanted and tried to kill myself. So all of that for for 15 years, I was like that. Till we fast forward to the end of 2018. The end of 2018, God was really like, this is not my plan for your life. This is not my plan. I was like, well, I don't, I don't have any idea what that means. Because see, up to this point in my life, I had never heard that I could be free from PTSD. I was, it was normalized for me. Look at this point in my life, only thing I ever heard was about this type of, you know, PTSD or mental illness, quote unquote, uh, was that it's normal. I always have it, and I have to learn to cope with it. That's, that's that's in a summary what I heard through all my time in therapy, through all my time getting help, through all my time dealing with psychiatrists, psychologists, you name it. But said at the end of 2018 so now enter january 2019 um i started reading a book called the perfect you by dr caroline leaf um god used that resource she's a christian by the way so this isn't just your psycho babble and i finally just made a decision i would just like i literally told god i was sitting in in uh this this red recliner uh i had um said jesus i'm done with the world i'm, I'm turning off the voice of the world I'm, I'm done with it. It's all about you now. I'm listening to you from now on and you only. And guess what happened? God changed me. Jesus changed me completely in an instant. You don't believe me? Well, it's true. You can ask anybody who lived with me. Um, I went from not being able to sleep, being plagued by nightmares, 
taking three different psychiatric medications just to try and cope with my PTSD. One of them was to try and help with nightmares. I said, try and help. Um, I literally could not sleep without the medication. Um, went from having to have my back to a wall all the time. Uh, went all of that. Every Everything that you could say about PTSD pretty much checked the block. I had it. And then it was gone. It, just like that. Like that is the radical power of Jesus. It was gone. I went, I went to my psychiatrist. I said, I want off my medication. Right. He says, so he says to me, uh, well, first, he, first he, he looked at me like I was like from another planet and I told him why I wanted off. So he said, okay, okay. We're going to make this three month plan for you. All right. Or this plan for you. All right, so we're going to cut you, step you down to this dosage, come back in three months to see how you're doing. And I kid you not now, I'm not advocating for everybody to do this. I'm just saying what Jesus did for me. I went home and I threw away all my psychiatric medications. You're not supposed to do that. You cannot do that in the natural. It is impossible. You can look up the science. You cannot just cut cold turkey psychiatric medications, but by the power of God, by the power of Jesus Christ, the power to set men free, I was able to do it. And I sleep just fine now. You know, I have my, you know, average sleep problems your average person might have every now and then. But I don't have nightmares anymore, period. I'm not an angry person anymore. I'm not, I'm not a person given to the uh, lust of the flesh. I'm not raging anymore. Now, now I am, I'm not perfect, but I'm a completely different person. Let me tell you what. So I'm not ashamed of Jesus, and I'm not afraid to talk about Jesus. Not not merely just here on camera where, where I have a, a digital audience, but to talk about Jesus to everybody and anybody because I'm not ashamed. This is what Jesus did for me. You shouldn't be ashamed either. No, no one who calls himself a Christian should ever be ashamed of Jesus. They should never be ashamed of the gospel, right? Paul right here in your graphic up here, right? Romans 1, 16 through 17 for the audience living, uh, listening by audio, right? For, and Paul writing, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to set every to, for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I, I, I don't know any other Bible verse that so perfectly puts not being ashamed of Jesus. And you shouldn't be either. But let me let me tell you what, though. The Bible has something to say. Jesus has something to say about being ashamed of him, denying him. And here, here's what it says. I, I got I got to go here. All right. If you if you watch me any amount of time, you know I'm going to do this. But Luke 9:26 it says, "For whoever this is Jesus, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in the glory of his Father and of the holy angels." Right, elsewhere, written a little bit differently, uh, Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before your Father in heaven. So on this not ashamed of Jesus day, does your life speak that you are ashamed of Jesus? Do you deny him before mankind? Are you ashamed of the words and the teachings of Jesus? Do you go soft on sin, preachers and pastors, right? I don't know. I might offend them. I might lose congregants and money. Well, that's being ashamed of Jesus and his, and his words. 
uh, excuse me, my, my light just fell. Jesus who came against sin. Jesus who never once excused sin. What, what about at the workplace? When's the last time you witnessed to a person? When's the last time you let anybody know you were uh, of your faith? How about your family? How about your friends? How about your neighbors? Anybody. Who was the last person you talked to Jesus about? I'm not saying you have to do it a certain way. Okay, you do it in your style. But when's the last time? Because if you have never done that, right, you, you need to take the warnings of Jesus very seriously. See, that's why I can say this stuff and, and not care who hears it or what they think about it because I'm not ashamed of the words of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the words written in his holy word because it's do or die time, people, right? It, it, it is. This is not some special prophetic message, you know, where, where people, for such a time as this, right? Such as revivals on the way, you know, for such a time as this or or whatever they put for such a time as this, double for your trouble. No, this is simple biblical truth, right? We Christians, we born again believers, right, are not put are not saved to sit on the sidelines. We are saved to go forth and preach the gospel. We are go to go forth and make disciples, to baptize everyone in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's a command, right? We're, we're we're supposed to do that. But if we're not living for Christ, if we're not truly saved, if we're not truly saved, then we're not going to do that because the fruits of our salvation are going to show. Right? Faith without works is dead. Right? Do we care enough about people? Do we love them like Jesus tells us to love them enough to present the gospel to them? Are we... Um, um, I don't want to offend you. Well, are you more concerned with offending God or offending mankind? Which one are you more afraid of? Which one are, are, are do, you, do you want to disappoint men or do you want to disappoint God? Let me let me tell you from life experience. All right, from life experience, you will never be able to please all people. If you try to live that way of pleasing people, you will let everyone down to include yourself. You will run yourself ragged, putting on different masks, proverbial masks, right? With, with, the, with this group of people, now you dress like this, you talk like that, you do that. But then then over here, oh, those people don't like that. I don't try to please them, right? Like maybe over here, oh, you're going to listen to heavy metal music over here, right? And you come over here and you listen to rap music. Or, or you go over there and you listen to country music. You don't really like maybe any of that music. Who knows? So so who are you trying to please? Right? Oh, I'm going to dress this way. I'm going to speak that way. But over here, I can't. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to hurt them. Then, then you just run yourself ragged. Please God. Focus on pleasing God Almighty. Focus on doing what he has called you to do. Don't do what he has called everybody else to do either, by the way. You stay in your lane. Right, he may have called you to, I don't know, volunteer at a food bank, but not to preach from a pulpit, and that's okay. I want to let you know that. See, in today's church, um, many people think we're robots or clones, and we're all supposed to speak the way they have the same belief, evangelize the same way, serve the same way. That's just not true. First Corinthians twelve, Paul makes it abundantly clear. 
that we are one body but made up of different parts and functions. Different gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let me go here too. That doesn't mean tongues is for everybody. That's not what the Bible says, and I read that nowhere in Scripture. Where we, where we get that way? Well, everybody has to speak in tongues because. Yet Paul writes that some will. You go read it for yourself. He talks about the gifts of the Spirit, right? The Spirit gives some a measure of faith or tongues, words of knowledge. Not everybody, right? Just like not everybody can prophesy. It's a specific spiritual gift. Yet we have people out there shaming other people because they can't prophesy. They can't speak in tongues. They can't do that. Well, you know what? There's All of us can do something nobody else can. Everybody. Like, I'm good, for instance, at doing this, right? A lot of people wouldn't dream of getting on a live and, and going in front of an audience. A lot of people wouldn't dream of public speaking. I can do that. But, you know, there's things that I wouldn't dream of doing either. Right? I have no inclination, for instance, to go to a third world country and evangelize. It's just not in me to do that. Not that it's wrong, but I'm just saying that's that's not me. You know, just like it's not me to run a, a Sunday school, for instance, and do and do great, you know, thorough Bible teaching before church service. I'm not equipped for that. God didn't call me to do that, and that's okay. We're, we're not robots. We're not clones. God called us to do to do different things. Maybe your calling is to pray. Maybe maybe you just have a heart for prayer and you can spend hours and hours in prayer. Then you be that prayer warrior. You do that. But don't shame somebody over here because they don't pray for hours. Don't say it like it's an evil thing or a bad thing either. Because it's not. Just because, one, you know, say for instance, I'm well equipped to do something doesn't mean I should shame somebody else because they don't do that as well. Because there are things that people out there do that I listen to them and I'm like, wow, that I could not ever get that done in one day. I don't know how you do it. And that's okay. And and that is perfectly okay. Like I'm not geared toward to to not that I can't, but for instance, to focus on Jewish evangelism. I can preach the gospel to a Jew and will preach it in such a way or speak to them in such a way that they'll at least understand what I'm saying. But I'm that's not my focus. My focus is, for instance, equipping the body of Christ. That's my focus. My focus is as a pastor and as a prophetic voice. That's what it that's where that's where it is. And that's okay, but I don't expect any everybody else to confront to confront things the way I do. Because God made me, me, he equipped me, and he called you, so you do you. Don't worry about what everybody else. But back to um, not being ashamed of Jesus, are you actually ashamed? Like, like okay, let, let, let's put it this way. If, if a detective, maybe a private detective, or just a, let, let's go... No, let, let's go with the FBI, right? They're going to do thorough. The government, trust me, the federal government does some thorough background checks. Believe me, I've had background checks uh, 
ran on me in the army for my security clearance. All right, let's go with that, right? Let's go that you have to, if they were to examine your life, right? And part of those security checks or background checks are interviewing people, right? People who've known you for a long time. That's part of the requirements. So say they started interviewing people who've known you for a long time. Could be a neighbor, friend, family member. And they said, hey, this person, are they really a Christian? Would they go, oh, I don't know if that person is really a Christian or not. Or, or would they go, yeah, man, I'm always talking about Jesus. Or are they living Jesus, man? Everybody else, will, oh, they could be around people who, who curse and cuss, but they, I, I've never heard them. I've never heard them say, 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 a, say a cuss word. Never heard them swear. Or, or would they, what about if they're unsaved, if they start interviewing unsaved people you've known for a long time? Have they, have you ever, have they ever talked to you about Jesus? What would they say if they were asking questions like that? What, what, what would they ask about your life? Well, yeah, no, nah, man, we watch radar movies all, all, all together all the time. Oh, you, you, you mean you mean that one about abortion that was radar because Hollywood doesn't like abortion being confronted? No, no, not that one. We're, we're talking about those action movies. We're talking about movies with profanity, sex scenes. Would that be said about you? Would it be said of you that you have self-control? Not that we do things perfectly. Please hear my heart on this. What, what about self-control? Are, are you constantly losing it? Is, is your tongue viewing, spewing venom at all times? What, what's going on here? And I'm not asking these questions because, you know, I want to criticize people. I want you to be able to examine your life according to what is in the written word and what tells us what it really means not to be ashamed of Jesus, how we live it out. Now we don't just clam up because certain people may be around and well, they don't like that. They don't like that Jesus feller or they don't like this, all this Bible, you know, Oh, what do we do? What do we do when when, when other people are out? In fact, more importantly than that, right? What do we do in our private time? See, because that's where it starts. Are we really ashamed of Jesus? Do we go out and play church? Right? We play dress up. We can speak the lingo. Right? We can quote the Bible verses. But in our private time, man, we got to look at that pornography, right? We got to watch that Game of Thrones. We got to smoke that weed. Get drunk. Whatever it is. Well, if that's you, no wonder, no wonder there's no evidence to convict you of being a Christian. No wonder, because what we do externally, right, starts internally, right? Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for this. They, they you know, they, he, he said that they were concerned with cleaning the outside of the cup when the inside of the cup was dirty, the part where you actually put the liquid in. Well, brother, you just said that I could speak the lingo. No. You could go to church, speak the lingo with, with with your church friends, right? Every day of the week, go, you know, go to church on Sunday, sitting like the devil Monday through Saturday. Was that you? Hmm? Wouldn't know, uh, but you don't ever preach the gospel. Why not? You don't ever witness to somebody. You don't ever just, hey, how you doing? How can I pray for you? 
whatever that looks like. I'm not saying it has to look like one certain way because believe me, brothers and sisters, um, the way I do things, I don't expect you to do them. And for instance, I don't like knocking on doors. I despise it. In fact, I find it quite annoying, by the way. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just my personal thing. I don't, I don't go around knocking on doors. Come to church. Have you heard of Jesus? All right. Like I said, I find it quite annoying, in fact. I don't do it. not saying it's wrong. But you see, other people do it, and it's great for them. And they hand out Bible checks and all that. But I won't do it. But that doesn't mean I won't go out there and tell people about Jesus. doesn't mean I won't talk to people one-on-one, face-to-face in public, maybe shopping at Walmart or something. I swear Walmart's the greatest place for <laughs> You want to evangelize or you want to pray for people, go to Walmart. I'll tell you right now, it works. Anyway, I, just do you do any of that. You don't have to do it like me or some other person over here. Just is there enough evidence, right? My my brother from another mer- mother, Eric, is watching right now. Right, he'll tell you about background checks. He'll tell you how deep the government runs background checks on you. All the places you've lived for the past 10 years, right? Or depending on the level of your background check. Every place you ever lived, no gap. Every place you've been employed. By the way, you got to list bosses. You got to list people who knew you at that address. So, so if people interviewed all of these people, right? And and let's 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 narrow down the group to the people who who have known you since you've been a so-called Christian, right? Since you say you're a born again believer, right? If they interviewed these people, maybe even interviewed people who knew you before. And after you said you were a Christian, how about that? Is there any difference in your life? Is there any difference at all? Well, if there's not a difference, then clearly there is no fruit. There are no fruits of salvation, right? And you could claim, well, I'm not ashamed of Jesus, right? You can claim it, but do you live it out? See, it ain't easy. Let me tell you what, this whole Jesus thing is not for wimps, right? This whole... Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me daily. Let, let me tell you what, that, that is not for the faint of heart. Not at all. When people will turn turn against you, when your own family, right? You, you may be estranged from your own family. Believe me, I am there right now. Not my entire family, thank God. I love my mother. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to bring this up because this is relevant right here. Yeah, exactly, right? The inter- yes, the FBI interviewed uh, neighbors of my uh, relatives. Right, exactly. Exactly. Right, same thing when I had to do my, my security clearance uh, background checks. Yeah, they actually go and talk to these people. So if they actually did that, what would it be? Would there be enough evidence or not? Now, we're not talking about workspace salvation. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the works of faith. Not to receive faith. We're talking about fruits because Jesus made it abundantly clear. Does a bad tree produce good fruit? He says, no. What kind of fruits does your life show? I'm, I look, you, you can hate me. You can love me. You can leave your comments. Uh, you can spam my inbox. I don't care. I'm not going to stop rolling. Because I am not ashamed of Jesus. Because he did a miraculous work in my life. I'm not saying life has been easy, peasy, lemon, breezy ever since. Quite the opposite, my friends. I mean, 
I had before Jesus. I didn't have accusations leveled against me, but a lot of people. Now it happens. Not that not that it, it hurts me. Not that I'm going to stop, but I'm just making the case, right? I didn't have to deal with spiritual warfare beforehand. Now I do. I didn't have to go take a, a constant hard look at myself daily in the mirror, and, and right the 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 mirror of this God's holy word, right? I don't remember who said it, but some of you want, uh, there's a quote out there, right? When you read the Bible, it reads you. Hmm. Yeah. I got to do that daily. I got I to examine myself in the light of scripture daily. It's, ooh, I didn't have to do that before. I was sinning. I didn't care. Now I got to do that. Now, now, now I got to, you know, exert patience when the farthest thing I feel like doing is exerting patience. I'm just being honest. Like, it's not easy. People hate people will start to hate you for it. People will start to hate you. But they, guess what? It doesn't matter. It's not quantity. All right. God is all about quality. Yes, do we want to bring as many people with us into heaven? Absolutely. But we know that the Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. Right? But the Bible also says that um that broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the path that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Did you catch that? Few who find it. That means, yes, the majority of people that we will talk to will reject the gospel and not make it into heaven. The majority of the people that we talk to say they're born again believers, but they are farthest thing from born again believers. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. The Bible says it, right? In the last days, the Bible says. I believe we're in the last days because we've been there for uh, right about 2,000 years or so. Going after, men will go after, right? They believe in myths, right? They go after foolish teaching. They'll be led astray, the Bible says. You don't want to know when actually started happening, so it's nothing new. As soon as the apostles died off, the, the original... Apostles died off. Talk about the apostles called by Jesus and ones who wrote scripture. It happened right away, right? As soon as they died off, boom. Heresy started running rampant. And it hasn't stopped since. This is the thing that the early church fathers and the early church had to confront. Just go read. I, I recommend that you download uh, the the. Didache, D-I-D-A-C-H-E, the Didache, it's free online, believe me, I did it, go read through that for yourself, look at the stuff they had to put in there, because that's the stuff they were confronting, not to get into a rat, off, off into a rabbit shell uh, down, down that hole, but the point being, is that, it's not many people, but that doesn't, not just that I said that, to lead into saying that doesn't excuse us from preaching the gospel. That doesn't excuse us to stop living for Jesus. Well, God, don't you know those people out there are evil and wicked and their hearts have turned cold. Look, Jesus himself said, he asked the question, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? But Jesus is still going to return someday, one day, whenever that is. We don't, we don't get the excuse. Believe me, when we're standing before the great white throne of judgment one day, right, the whole, well, people hated me, and I just, 
It's not going to cut it. And I'm not saying this, like I said, to be me. I want to see everybody and anybody live for Jesus. All right? I mean, that's why I got this mandate back on the wall here. I know you can't read it. Right? But it's part of it says, equip the bride until the return of Jesus. Right? Equip the bride. Which is a biblical mandate, by the way, out of uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Go read it for yourself. So that's what that's the purpose of it. If if if, if you get angry and listen to this and come before God, repent. Maybe, maybe there's things in your life you need to do better. Maybe you are a born again believer. But don't you want to live for Jesus even more? Wait, brother, that can happen? Yeah. Ask God to show you what you need to change in your life. He's faithful not only to show you, but God's also faithful to equip you. Man, brother, I've been I haven't been binge watching shows late into the night. I can't get up in the morning to read my Bible and pray. Maybe, well, there you go. I don't worry, do it, dude. Let me just say, I love I love binge watching me some stuff. But please, not at the expense of my prayer time and my Bible time in the morning. I don't know. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's just a simple matter of of starting to go to bed early, so you can get up early. Right? You got to reset that sleep cycle of yours. It's okay. Who knows? Maybe, maybe there's a vice in your life you need to get rid of. Maybe, maybe that vice is alcohol, right? And I'm not saying people should or shouldn't drink alcohol either way. Right, that's up to your personal conviction. Maybe that's a vice for you. Well, get rid of it. The Bible tells us to flee from temptation. So if you have a habit, for instance, of drinking too much every now and then, get rid of it. Drunkenness is a sin. It's okay to cut things out of our life. It's it's perfectly fine. There's there is nothing wrong with that. Let me, let me bring this up because this is the scripture verse I was talking about right here. And he gave and he gave some to, as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors, teachers to equip the saints for the good works of the ministry. That is to build up the body of Christ, right? And there it is on your screen, Ephesians four eleven through twelve. And just to wrap that one up real quick, and this will continue, right? Until all are brought into the unity of the faith. Anyway, now see, I got distracted. Hmm. Anyway, oh yeah, that's right. You, look, it's okay. Well, what's not a what's not a problem for somebody because it doesn't call them to stumble in sin. Doesn't mean it's not a problem for you and it may cause you to stumble in sin, and vice versa. It's okay. So I I, I knew a guy, um, years ago now. Who, who was addicted to, 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 to pornography. So the guy was addicted to pornography and it destroyed his marriage. Like, literally. And then and the guy was like, you know what? That's enough. I'm, he threw away his... Uh, what did, what was it back then? PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4? Anyway, it's still expensive. He threw that away. He threw his TV away. Why? Because it was a stumbling block for him. I'm not saying throw your TV away. Good Lord, I'm not throwing mine away. But if you need to... If that's what it takes, you do whatever it takes to stay free from sin. You do whatever it takes to flee from temptation. What's a temptation for you is not a temptation for somebody else. That's why Paul writes about this kind of thing. Right? Not to be a stumbling block. That's why I'm not on here, for instance, advocating drinking alcohol. I'm not doing it. And I'm not going to do it. And whether or not I do it is between me and God. Not, not, you don't need to know that. 
Because I want to make the case. Look, if you ain't living for Jesus, there, there, you may need to reevaluate your life. All right, you may need to do some things that are a bit painful. Look, I've thrown away books, hard cover books, and those those suckers aren't cheap. But I had to throw them away because they were not kosher. They were not okay by any stretch of the imagination. I had to throw them away. I had to throw away video games. Like a lot. You know how much a new video game is? $60. Had to get rid of it. Had to get rid of them. Why? Because they were not good. So I'm just, I'm not bragging, but you just trying to help you and tell you, you may have to cut off relationships. That's right. You may have friendships that you need a, because all they do is talk to you in the sin. All they do is lead you away from temptation. There we go. Scripture on the screen. Well, Matt, oh, you can read it for yourself if you're listening to audio, Matthew 5.30. Some of you out there need to read your Bible anyway. Whatever it takes. You want to live for Jesus fully? You want to do that? I want you to do that. Lord knows I can do it better. We can all get better at it. But whatever it takes. Look, is Jesus worth it? You were worth it to Jesus. He died for you. That's right. Don't forget. Uh, today's Thursday. Tomorrow is Good Friday. When Jesus, where we celebrate the death of Jesus. Why did he die? It was the ultimate sacrifice. The biggest sacrifice anybody could ever make. Think about it. The very creator of the universe stepped down, lived as one of us, right? Not saying he wasn't God. But he lived as one of us, right? Uh, he lived as one of us. And um, I mean, I can't experience, I can't imagine the, the, the pain he experienced, but he did it. He loved you enough because the Bible says, this is how the love of God is revealed to us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? And whoever, that whosoever should, shall, should believe, right, shall have everlasting life. Yeah, that's a radical love right there. Do, would you, like most of us have a hard time loving people being rotten, right? Paul makes this allusion, by the way. Uh, can't remember exactly where it's at, but he, but he talks about, right, well, a good for a good man, many will die. For not... I can't remember the wording now, but basically for a not-so-good guy, some will die. But for an evil man, most will not die for. He makes that illusion to, to, to get across to us how evil we are as sinners. In our sin nature, how totally, totally depraved we are. Yet he died for us anyways. He took a chance on you. He took a chance on me. And I rejected him for a long time. I heard the gospel message many times up until 2019, but I rejected every single time. I didn't live it. I might have said the words, but I certainly, certainly didn't, didn't uh, uh, live it out. I just want you to live for Jesus. All right, not only he lives for you, he's alive today forevermore. Praise God Almighty. He died for you. Isn't it enough that we should want to crucify our flesh with our lusts and desires? So can we, don't you want to be free from any sin? Come on now. I want you. I want that for you. So if this message bothered you a bit, 
Well, I don't apologize for it. But you bring it to God. All right. You bring it to God. All right. And as, as we wrap up, don't forget tonight. So if you're watching this live, we're watching this here in a little bit. So in an hour and 20 minutes, um, I will be preaching. So you can watch it right here, wherever you're watching it from. Uh, I'll be preaching on night uh, four of Breakthrough Week. Um, and I'll be preaching out of Psalms 27. All right, so those of you out here, out there who, man, you're afraid. Maybe it's a troubling time for you. Maybe, maybe you're just troubled by everything that's happening in the world, right? And, and it is troubling. Let's not lie. Well, be there at 5 p.m. Central Time to hear me preach on this, all right? It's going to help you. And I'm not doing this for myself, by the way, even though sometimes I need to preach, be preaching to the choir. But, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the show here. So don't forget to click that like button and click that thumbs up button wherever you're watching from, all right? Click that share button. Most importantly, though, click that share button. Get this message out. I love all of you out there, and I'll be back with you here in, uh, in, in about an hour and 20 minutes. God bless all of you.